Meet two janitors who are about to find the secret of success is in the trash. This is gold. Now they're giving Wall Street a kick in the assets. Working trash. Garbage like that you come across once in a lifetime. A world premiere comedy Monday on Fox. Hello everybody, my name is Andrew. And I'm Mark. And you are listening to Television Movie Night. Is are we is this um are we alive, Mark? Is this is this something that we are? Is is this is this like a shared dream at this point, or some kind of uh, we pulled the plug and it's just the the last amounts of whatever consciousness that we have that's just oozing out of us, and somehow we've all come up with the same terrible thing to do while while we're laying on that gurney. I wouldn't rule out the possibility that we both are dead, or that oh. everybody is dead. Um, sure. Mark, we're in, uh, I believe, week three now of, the goddamn of this quarantine, uh, yeah. here in Los Angeles. Uh, I know some of the states out there are not under any kind of um, safer at home or stay at home order, which is wild to me. Yeah. So, like, I can't imagine what the last three weeks have been like for the, for people in Florida who are like, what is going on in California? I'm like, what a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, because spring break, baby. We're out there, you know, we're doing a beer bong. Yes. We're out there playing volleyball. Having sex. Going to the bonfires. Licking each other's throats. Yes, the interior of everyone's throats. It's it's That's the weird thing. You know, you heard about the choking game a handful of years ago that kids were up to now. Now it's all about throat licking. Uh, yeah, remember the knockout game? Yeah. Where... where urban youths would walk up to old white people and punch them in the face and just hit them right in the goddamn head you know and then invite them to a, a lipstick thing. party uh rainbow party it's oh rainbow party. <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> I, oh you caught me I, i've never been invited to one <laughs> yeah gotcha <laughs> got them folks mark how are you taking it are you are you well are you doing okay uh no i've completely lost my mind I'm very mm-hmm. irritable. I'm very cranky. Yes, uh, a big piss baby. If I if yeah, you had the, if piss, I had to prescribe yeah, unlike, you something, you know, it's so unlike me. It's so unexpected. I know it's weird. It's it's it, it. This has done a lot of different things to everyone, and and you acting like a big piss baby is is you know it's it's a sign of the times. I'm also I I was texting friend of the show mark roden yesterday and i was like i'm really looking forward to when this ends and i have to apologize to like a thousand people that i know and be like look Mm -hmm. sorry i was a piss baby it was the quarantine uh sorry i broke into your house and stole your cat food i i thought i was gonna need it Uh uh-huh it tasted pretty good actually and they're like that was that was because of the quarantine and then you like just just take a beat you're like yes yeah <laughs> sure uh have you gone anywhere i know we're at our we're, we're we're locked down we're both being good citizens we're recording remotely again but uh for you yes for you we're doing this for you everybody please please donate to our i don't know just fans page. yeah we have a, yeah, an only fans page and then we also have a um like an Amazon wish list, but it's just a bunch of gift cards to like Burger King. So I guess if you want to just guess a Whopper or something, I guess that would work. Uh, have you gone? Have you yeah. gone anywhere? Because I, you know, the grocery store is basically the location to go to. 
that I've been to recently. Yes, I went to the supermarket. I go every two, I guess, yeah, like maybe once a week, once every 10 days, I venture out there and stock up on shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wear masks. I wear a mask. Other people wear masks. I wear gloves. It's it's fucking insane. It's bizarre. Now, the glo- the gloves thing kind of throws me off because obviously it's protective of you but like all you're doing, everything that you touch beyond after that first touch, you know, you're just trans, you're just taking whatever that is and just putting it somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, well, the glove, what, so. I, what I end up doing with the gloves is as soon as I leave the supermarket, I take the gloves off and put them in the trash. That way, if there's coronavirus all over my hands, it's not now all over my car. I, uh, I, bought, a, uh, I bought a neck gaiter a couple days ago. And uh, I went for a run with it on. And let me tell you, Mark, I've, I've figured something out. It appears that the strongest superhero of all time is Spider-Man. Because <laughs> he's got to breathe through doing that anything, thing. Doing anything with any kind of like constriction uh, covering over your mouth and nose is absolutely awful. It sucks. Batman. I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet the thing is stronger than Spider-Man. No, you put. Imagine if the thing had to like wear a pillowcase over his head and try and do some <laughs> clobbering time through that thing. He'd be dead in an hour. Yeah, Andrew. I feel like we're very, very close to you saying that. You know, uh, to a sentence where you say, "Say what you will about the clan." <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Check in in like week seven of this uh, quarantine <laughs> and, and maybe the hottest of hot takes will it will end up well, leaving okay. my lips. The the other thing that I did that was amazingly depressing and I don't recommend this to anybody was I turned the page on my calendar from March mm-hmm. to April and mm-hmm. I just stared at it. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to continue. We're still going to be under quarantine in L.A., the next time did, that I turn this page, did the page all did the page say April? You know, when you turned it over and you saw that new uh, Far Side comic, like, did, or was it just the same Far Side comic? It was just March again. Uh, no, it was. Uh, it is a like knockoff, personally produced uh, Star Wars themed calendar, and the month of April. The, the image is uh, shit from episode one. So I'm like, man, I don't e- I can't even look forward to this. I won't be seeing this again for the first time in, in stunning, stunning 3D. 3D for a while. I'm like, um, I'm stuck inside looking at all my walls. And I'm like, for this month, for this these 30 days, I'm going to be looking at this fucking Darth Maul and Jar Jar Binks smiling at me. Mm hmm. That's. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, if you had to, cool. if you if you had thirty, I, I can I can think of a lot worse things to stare at for thirty days. Like, I, and I have a tough time coming up with anything better than that for thirty days. Now that I yeah. think about it, well, Mark, you could always get um, you always do what I do, get an Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch. I oh. would have to buy a Switch, and I don't now, have a job. Now is the time, Mark. You got. You got twelve hundred goddamn dollars coming from the from fun bucks at the the national government. Yeah, sure, I am. Just go ahead and uh, purchase a uh, switch and say hello to your your new uh, your new benevolent leader, Tom Nook. I got Who a new. Is Tom I, he's, Nook. 
Tom Nook is uh, the uh, he's the guy that runs the island there on on Animal Crossing. And uh, if you want to do any kind of improvements or renovations or expansions, extensions to your house, you got to go through him and you got to pay him all the bells. You know, that's the currency there on uh, the Animal Crossing Islands. Uh, I'm getting an upgrade to my house. Uh, that's coming in tomorrow. Going to get an extra room. Very excited about that. Oh. Yeah. So, Are, are you getting a... Is it a guest bedroom? Do you get guests in this game? Or you, it's uh, just another room to fill with shit? Well, you can just fill it with shit, but I, I think I'm going to turn it into like either a kitchen or like a big bathroom. Like a huge bathroom. You know, like a... I'm talking like... You know, imagine somebody took a grand ballroom and just turned it into a big bathroom with only one toilet in it. That's what I want to do. Uh, you should just have a hole in the ground and a well, and I, like a like a hose. Be like that's I got my, a, uh, that's my toilet and I my shower. A, I got a squat toilet in uh, in the game, so I'm gonna put that in there. Okay. So it's kind of like a hole in the ground. Speaking of holes in the ground, Mark, television movie night. Wonderful. It's your home and resource for made-for-TV movies. Mark and I have watched, for you, a made-for-TV movie produced in the last um, thousand years. Like, what is, how long has this thing been? This uh, It's been made during the quarantine, so it's thousand years, correct? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. It is. It is millennia old. Uh, we watched something, and uh, in the month of April, the never-ending month of April, we've been watching stuff from the early '90s. Last month, in last week, last century, when we were so young and naive <laughs> that we were just touching each other's faces and throat licking like there was no tomorrow, we watched Archie to Riverdale and back again. That's correct. This week, however, we have watched something entitled "Working Trash." Mark, um, go ahead and go ahead and say 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 the joke. The Mark Gonzalez story. Yes, yes. <laughs> I just wanted to get it out of the way because I feel like it's gonna get it's, it's gonna get sweaty after this twentieth time we refer to ourselves as terrible, terrible pieces of garbage. Well, we watched, we're not even working now, so it doesn't even true. make sense. It's, it's just that's the follow-up. It's just trash. Yeah, and it's the just sequel. a picture. It's a picture of us for ninety minutes, just sitting on our couches, <laughs> getting fatter. It's like it's like an Andy Warhol film. <laughs> that's right. It's called. It's it's a follow-up to Sleep. It's called Trash. And you just look at these monsters become even more monstrous. Hey, and we're going to talk about working trash at length in a segment I like to call Well. What do you know? Mark, working trash. Other than whatever's in the mirror, uh-huh. what do you know about what do you know about working trash? Working uh, working Andrew, trash. I've never heard of this movie. I'd never thought about this movie. Uh you 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 surprised me. You found one that I would have never ever heard of mm-hmm. or seen. Um, all I know is it's got George Carlin in it. Yep. Who's a very popular, uh, he's dead. He's dead now. Yes, he but, is. Uh, he, he was a very popular, uh, stand-up comedian in like the seventies, eighties. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it's got Ben Stiller in it, mm-hmm. and he uh, is famous now for directing uh, uh, Escape from Dannemora. I think it's is his main claim. To yeah, fame. that's the only one. That's that's literally that's, that's his only credit, and you know, he's very, people are very excited that, to know that he was an actor at some point. Yeah, and you can tell uh, when you watch Escape from Dannemora. You can you can see that this man has been on both sides of the camera. <laughs> Well, the confusing thing to me is this: this movie is called Working Trash, and the the way that the, the it's in the title makes it seem like oh, this is a common phrase. But like, I have is this a thing? Is this like, is this a common phrase? Working trash, or is there a pun here that I'm not picking up on? Uh, I think that there are many, many uh, things throughout this film where we're going to be asking similar questions to that, where we're going to be like, is this a thing or was this just noted to death? Because I, I think that's what happened with this movie. Probably. but um... So it was probably called like Trash Workers. And then somebody else said, no, it's called Working Trash. No, I'll tell you like, what it Why was. Would we... No, I bet it was called Filthy Rich. Oh, I bet that's, that's exactly what it was called. And then it was like, nah, man, now we're calling it working. Somebody made a note. It's like, we're calling it working trash. So you're going to have to just you're gonna have to deal with it. And it's like, uh, oh, yeah. are you sure? And they're like, yeah, man, working trash. We're going to put a dollar sign in the S as well. And you're like, oh, uh, oh, OK. okay. I, I would assume that it is a phrase amongst uh, nobility. <laughs> the kings and queens of Spain said this all the time. People will people will know what yeah, this is. I, I think that I think that when you and I are at a a, a rap party uh, for a job, like there our lords, our lords and ladies, our overlords are all at a um, eyes wide shut weird sex mm-hmm. party, and they're like, oh, the working trash or. <laughs> eating up their chicken tenders right now yes but us we uh we have our plague masks on and we're gonna go bang each other in a second (laughs) uh this this reminds me of a story that i was uh working on a show and somebody one of the executive one of the executives uh working on the show wanted to call some segment of the show that we were working on step and repeat and uh you and I know what that is only because I feel like we know people that have gone to red carpets. But yeah. if for those of you who don't know, a step and repeat is that background that shows up in in like red carpet photos that shows the logo of whatever the thing is that's that's uh, on like that's putting on the performance or the the thing. The the porno theater premiere. Sure. And I tried to explain to this guy, I was like, I don't think like the common person who's out going to, who's going to watch this show necessarily knows what a step and repeat is. And I was, I was voted down on that one, but like, it's, uh, there are some times where you, you're in this weird bubble that, you know, oh, it's like people, people know what industry stuff is. So maybe this is an industry term working trash. I don't know. Either that, or they wanted to call it working trashed. And it was about former alcoholics that uh, <laughs> that were like bus drivers or something. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's discuss this movie. This movie premiered on the Fox Network. 
on November 26th, 1990. So right around Thanksgiving, this would have been Fox's first made-for-TV movie that they aired after going nationwide in 89, I want to say? Uh, for so context, Andrew, can you tell us what what had been on the Fox network at this time? Like, Simpsons was on, right? Yeah, so Simpsons would have premiered in December 1989, uh, as a standalone series. So prior to that, in 88, it would have been like 21 Jump Street and the Tracy Allman Show and Married with Children probably would have premiered in the, in 1990. I think it might have been 89. So th- that's basically what was airing at that time. All right. But if you remember Fox... This is interesting that like this is this always blows my mind is that Fox is this nationwide uh, broadcast channel. So you had ABC, CBS, NBC. So there's your big three. And here comes this upstart in Fox. Fox in 1990 probably would not have been cleared in 100 percent of the country because what you have to do is. A national affiliate has to go and talk to the local affiliates and basically take on their signal. And, you know, when you turn on an over-the-air channel, you know, you're pulling that signal from whoever that local affiliate is. And uh, even though it was a nationwide channel, it probably only had clearance in like 85% of the country. So there were parts of the country that just weren't receiving Fox, uh, which is a pretty big gamble that it's like, here's this this upstart because like cable was still in its infancy around this time as well. So it didn't want to go in that direction. So it's a broadcast network. It only had programming, however, for five days. It did not go to seven days until a little bit later into the nineties. What would they, would they just show that native American test pattern? Yes. No, the local affiliates would program the rest of the nights. So when you do a contract, when you do like a, an affiliate contract with somebody like NBC or CBS, you're basically saying CBS gets, you know, an X amount of hours of, bro- of programming that they will provide to you. And then you get X amount of the percentage of advertising spots so it's like they'll sell national advertising spots for like 80 percent of the time and then you can fill the additional 20 percent and that's how you make your money and um so with the fox uh deals they would say five days a week between eight and ten and then that's it you know we might provide additional programming here and there but everything else is up to the affiliates on how to program that so they would put mash reruns or whatever for hours and hours. Yeah, I mean, this this is what TV used to be, is that you would have to go into the syndication markets and try and figure out how you're going to program 16 hours because they weren't broadcasting 24 hours because at like, you know, 11 or 12 or 1, they would just go off the air. And then you just didn't have programming between 1 and 7 or 1 and 6. Yeah. Again, these are crazy things to think about that like, here in 2020 that it's like yeah just, the tv's just always on but it wasn't the case in 1990 and i know it sounds like naive to just say it out loud but like it it legitimately wasn't the case and then for a lot of the country they just had these four channels the other th- the other thing that was weird about the 1990s was uh people went outside oh. that was weird <laughs> oh yeah i think i saw the a picture of that at my grandma's place once yeah. 
You're like, hey, what, why are all these people outside? And she was like, oh, those were the days. Oh, grandmother, you're not that old. <laughs> oh, yes, I am, babe. Working Trash was directed by Alan Metter, who directed uh, a handful of other movies, including the perennial comedy classic Back to School, starring Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. And the other perennial uh, Rodney Dangerfield classic, Rappin' Rodney, the music video for Rappin' Rodney. Rodney. Do you remember this? You remember this? Rodney Dangerfield uh, had a I don't rap. remember this specifically, but I, I do remember that there was a time period where everybody, every older white person was told to rap. Yeah. And, and they were like, do that. They all came out with novelty singles at the same time in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, this has got a story credit by Joe Kirkland, Kierland, Joe Kierland, who this, according to IMDb, is his only credit. So he went out on top, folks. Yeah, he did. He said it all. And also a story credit by John Connolly, who wrote the movie Eddie, starring Whoopi Goldberg. She's a basketball manager. She's a basketball coach. She's the coach of the Knicks. All right. She's going she's gonna to whip these guys into shape. Uh, the teleplay on this is John Connolly and David Luca, who wrote um, a couple recent horror films, including Rings. The Ring reboot that came out in, was that, 2010, 2011? Yeah, the sequel. Yes. The brilliantly named sequel. Rings with an S, multiple rings. And also wrote the movie Dream House, starring Daniel Craig. And Jessica Chastain. It's a haunted house movie. So this guy likes haunted shit. All right. No, no, it's a dream house, man. It's not, it doesn't, (laughs) this isn't called haunted house, it's called dream house. Yeah, I know. It's, I think it's, I think it's a joke. Uh, oh, 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 this is starring, uh, you know, this cast is actually not bad, to be quite honest. Uh, as you mentioned, this is starring George Carlin, uh, perennial, inspirational, like, if you talk about the stand-up comedy Hall of Fame, you're probably going to be talking about this man, George Carlin, uh, Ben Stiller, who in 1990 would have been... Uh, MTV would have had the Ben Stiller show that then later moved to the Fox network, but Ben, Ben Stiller up and coming comedy actor, of course, son of, uh, a powerful comedy team and Jerry Stiller and, uh, and, um, uh, Mirren, right? Yeah. Stiller and Mirren, right? Right. Sounds right. Okay. George Wallace also in this, uh, another very famous stand-up comedian. He was the best man at Jerry Seinfeld's wedding. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. Also starring... Uh, and then he was at, like, uh, Casino Morongo for just days and days, I'm sure. Now, well, yes, he does, like, casino tours now. He had a long-standing stint at uh, the West Lake. Uh, I don't know, George, like if you go and you fly into McCarran Airport, if if you remember to the before times, you see his face everywhere. Yeah. Uh, if you don't if you don't recognize that name, you probably have seen him or part of his stand up performances. Dan Castellaneta also in this from The Simpsons. He would have been Simpsons. in the Tracy Ullman show at that time. Yes. This voice is... of Marge. No, 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 not the voice of Marge. Or Mr. Burns, or Apu, 
or Principal Skinner, Dan Castle, another place. Helper. Yeah, he yes, he actually does do Santa's little helper. I know All you're right trying then. to make a joke, but <laughs> Dan Castle another place Homer and another as a, a, a vast cadre of characters for The Simpsons. This also stars the President's Plane is Missing star Buddy <laughs> Epson. Yes, he was in nothing else. That's it, nothing else. Uh, oh, I'm looking at a note here. Apparently, a small part in the Beverly Hillbillies. Also the starring, movie. he is yeah, in oh, the movie. He, yes. Him and him and uh, uh, Jim and Ernest, yes. Uh, Mindy Sterling is also in this, and also starring Leslie Hope. Mark, before we jump in, based on the trailer, what did you think this one was going to be about? I was pretty sure it was going to be about. Um, I don't know, like a. I I I I felt pretty confident that it was going to be a uh, slobs versus uh, slobs versus the snobs type of movie. Uh, I was expecting a dance competition to save the gym, the the rec center, or something like that. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna put on a put on a show, and then or like a know. ski race. They have to win the ski race or the yeah, regatta. The, the big regatta. They gotta take the snobs out at the uh, camp across the lake. Well, Mark, let's let's talk about it here and uh, see how how tr- working trashed we can get. Crack them open if you got them, because here we go. Mark, act one. We open up, and Ralph, who's George Carlin, is watching the big baseball match, you know? Watching the game. He's watching the, he's watching the performance between the, 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 the baseball players. They're trying to get the ball into the, into the, the, the ring, the basketball the ring. ring. The ba- yes, the baseball ring. And he's watching it with his wife, who's a bit of a battle axe. They have a bit of a... Uh, uh, like a Lockhorns kind of situation where they're always sniping <laughs> at each other. Yeah. And, and the reason that Ralph is so interested in this game is because he, he's placed a very large wager on it. He's, he's a bit, a of, a, money he's on a bit it. of a gambling degenerate. And it turns out, well, he he did not bet correctly. He, uh, Mark, huh, I'm sorry to say, he did not bet on a winner. Last night. Not layout. That is correct. He uh, he is not living in that big house on that big side of town. Yeah. A man named No Neck calls his house immediately, demanding to see the money. Where is the money? I want the money, and so on and so forth. Andrew, this scene goes on and on and on. Yes. It's and like... you're, th- you're thinking to yourself, man, this is whatever this no neck thing is, is going to be hysterical once it pays off. So well, I, just, well, you know, well, he's going to look like a giraffe when we meet him. Right. Yeah. He's going to have a big neck. Just the biggest, or, longest or, neck. That's hilarious. Or he's got really big shoulders and uh, people are like, don't mention his lack of a neck. <laughs> So No Neck calls and his wife basically says, yeah, come over and kill him. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit. It turns out that Ralph is in debt of $6,000 and uh, he's going to have to pay at some point and it's going to be soon or he's going to get murdered. So these are the options. Seems like, you know, that's not necessarily how it works for a bookie that it's like, no, you just keep beating the shit out of him until he gives you the money. Like if you kill him, like that, what does that? What good does that do you? You're not gonna get the money. Well, that sets a that tell that shows everybody else that you mean business. I I guess. Or if I just bust up his hand really bad and I cut off his foot, that would also show that I mean fucking business. 
and he would still owe me the money. Yes. It's like that joke in Dirty Work where Chevy Chase's character is a, he's a gambler and he turns to Norm MacDonald and he's like, did you know that if a bookie breaks your hand, you still owe him money? <laughs> we then cut to the big trading office. This is the office. The, the this, this is our main setting here for this movie. Uh, it's a uh, a smaller trading firm, and uh, we see Freddie, who is played by Ben Stiller. He's wearing a suit. He looks. Uh, he's got his fresh cut hair. You know, he's he's showing up for a job interview. You know, he's he's ready uh, yeah, to this... get a job. This is Mark. You always show up. Uh, for job interviews like this, right? In a suit, yes, always. And yeah. I'm always, I'm always looking at a piece of paper with an address on it, and being like, "Is this the right place?" <laughs> and then they're like, "Yeah, man, it's a Starbucks." You're like, "Oh man, I, I guess I have a three o'clock with the big boss here." That, that's me. Yeah, the, the big boss is pressing the button on the machine that makes <laughs> every coffee. So, oh, okay. Wait. Oh, you like, you know, straighten your hair and your tie and you spray some banaca in your mouth. Yeah, this is this is what it's like when you try to get a job. Uh, yeah, we we know people or we have we have friends that uh, have pitched uh, shows before and they were saying that the first time they pitched, they like went in in suits like it was a job interview mm-hmm. and the the production man the you know the whoever it was that they were pitching to thought they were joking <laughs> it's like you guys you're crazy he was like it's hilarious he was like you guys coming from a wedding i think he said uh yeah the first time i had a job interview in production i showed up in a suit and i felt like a big stupid idiot i don't know if people realize it but uh like production jobs and hollywood jobs are very biz cas fry in that yes. as long as you're wearing pants and sometimes shoes i think you're okay yeah the shoes don't have to match but no they prefer you to have them yeah only because there might be like a, a screw or something that's loose on the ground they just don't want to have to fill out the paperwork that uh, you, you took a nail through the foot <laughs> he runs uh, in yeah, so who does he run into? Freddie runs into Susan, who is our love interest here. Uh, and uh, she's a trader here at the uh, at Lodge, which is the name of the uh, the trading company. And, uh, you also know... Also the name of uh, Veronica's evil dad on last yeah, week's episode. Oh, you're right. Maybe this is the, the common bond. We every, every, single, every single character, every single movie has a character named Mr. Lodge in it. Or yeah. we just watch Twin Peaks and we just focus on the Black Lodge. Uh, they have a meet cute, you know. Ben Stiller's trying to impress her, and she's, you know, she's a she's a, a corporate raider. She doesn't have time for this guy, but she points him in the right direction of the office that he needs to go to for his big job interview. Well, yeah. he meet he meets up with Dan Castellaneta, who is plays some kind of like middle manager here at uh, at the the Lodge Company. And uh, after going over Ben Stiller's resume, it's pretty apparent that he is very underqualified to become a trader here at the company. He doesn't have an MBA. He doesn't even have a higher education degree. His only experience appears to be working at a gas station because he's got a letter of recommendation from an owner of the gas station. 
But Ben Stiller sells himself and he says, I've got moxie and I've been interested in stock trading in the stock market since I was 14 years old. Lame. Do we know anyone like this? Does this person really exist? Like if you're 14, <laughs> like you're just obsessed with the stock market? Uh, yes, but it's generally wealthy people and some, the children of wealthy people. I went to college oh. with people like this that like after college went into the stock market or got jobs at like trading firms and they were very much like this uh, i just can't Except imagine they were assholes oh well i just can't imagine that it's like you know there's it's like you see some movies or you see some uh tv shows and it's like the kid's really into sports so like the newspaper shows up on the front steps and he's like dad i need the sports section and he like you know flips through it but like it just feels like if there was a, a character that was like, Dad, I need the, you know, it's basically uh, Alex Keaton from yeah, Family Dad, Ties, I need the, right? I need the journal. Yeah. And you're just like, is this, do people like this exist, especially this young? I guess. I don't know. I just, it's just me thinking out loud. However, at the, uh, at the Lodge Company there, you know, uh, Ben Stiller says, I will take any job and I don't mind working my way up. I'm, I'm interested in earning experience and getting hopefully getting to the trading floor dan castle says that's great because we actually have a position that you might be able to fill cut to ben stiller wearing overalls and coveralls because uh he's a janitor, janitor at the company what that's not a uh, stock trader andrew yeah does this happen do people go in for one job and then they're like actually why don't you clean my shit out of the toilet well I don't. And you're like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. But well, first off, y yes, I'm betting that if if somebody had uh, uh, you know dire straits, that they were like, I will take any job. I have, I'm a doctor. I have medical experience, and they're like, well, we're all full up on doctors, but if you want, you can be a gardener. And they're like, fuck it, fine. I I need money, and they'll just do that. I I guess that's a thing that might happen. But the crazy thing about all this characterization is Ben Stiller considers himself to be above this, despite the fact that when Dan Castellaneta talks to him, it's pretty apparent that, like, he only has experience doing either retail jobs or service jobs, like yeah. pumping gas or working at a gas station. So I don't necessarily—I understand that he's, like, vying for this upper position, but I don't understand his attitude that he's like, I can't believe I'm here— it's like you have this is all your experience has been does it does it, it it you know by logic it would also make sense that like they would hire you for something like this because your experience lines up with this line of work right but also it doesn't make any sense do you think he was just a constantly a callous prick when it came to working at the gas station because i've worked with people like that before where it's like you know, they they think that they're hot shit, despite the fact that you're both working at the cheapo movie theater. And you're like, hold on a second. Like, I get what you're getting at, but I'll, we, we got to just here. sweep the floor like, here. We're like, doing this. That's a job that still needs to be done. I still encounter people like that. <laughs> you say as you look in the mirror, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm talking to you, asshole. I see you. Uh, we then cut to uh, Freddie in coveralls, but he's also meeting up with Ralph, who's George Carlin. So now the two of them were working together as janitors at this company. 
Uh, Ralph goes to make a phone call to drum up some money for the hit that's on him while Freddy, okay, now this is funny. He's got a floor buffer and he's like, I know how to buff floors, all right? This is, I can do this in my sleep. And guess what, Mark? I don't want to, I don't want to spoil this for you, but uh, <laughs> that buffer gets a little out of control. Yeah, it turns out he can't. That's yeah, fun. Bumps over a bunch of people. They're in the background of the shot while George Carlin's in the foreground making this phone call. He also bumps into Kimbro, who is basically our big bad of this uh, of this movie. He's like a senior vice president who says, "Ooh, those janitors." You I'll get you. Oof, if only I had some modicum of power at this company where I'm a senior vice president. Ooh, I'll get you. He yells at him, though. He says, you boob, get out of here. In the basement, we meet other members of the janitor crew, including Big Dan, who's played by George, George Wallace. George Wallace. Uh, this guy named Palomar, who is uh, working as a shoe shine. We also meet Mary, who is uh, played by Mindy Sterling from Austin Powers, and uh, she's very religious. That's her big thing. That's her only character motivation is that she is religious. Yeah, Palomar Ralph- also Palomar also is uh, an actor of some note. He was in. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde mm-hmm. and uh, Dick Tracy. Oh, both Warren Beatty movies. Uh, and a couple of other couple of other things. Yes. Uh, he's a he's a like a character actor. He's got a very round face. He he plays like weird characters in a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh Ralph hits up the group for some cash to make sure that he doesn't get murdered, and they give him what they've got, but it certainly is not six thousand dollars worth. Meanwhile, upstairs, Freddy overhears a business deal that's happening with uh, with Kimbro. And uh, he almost gets in trouble for it, but uh, he also awkwardly hits on Susan again. And, uh, you know, you know how secretaries, or you, you know how janitors do, right? Yeah. We then cut to they're Buddy. Always, they're always flirting. They're always flirting. You know, Jan- you're, every time you're, like, working a little late in the office, janitor comes in and, like, sees you, makes the eyes, and you're like, oh, you. And you like, oh, you know. Again. You wave them off, but you know, they're just, you know, it's, it's fun. It's part of the appeal of working in an office, flirting with the janitorial crew (laughs) and, uh, you know, um, like hitting a bunch of people with a, with a floor waxer. I mean, this is, yeah, yeah, this is what, this is what office life is like. We then cut to Buddy Ebsen, who is, uh, Mr. Lodge and, uh, he's an older guy who is sleeping through a business meeting that's happening on a phone call. And uh, Mr. Lodge is a little bit more is doddering. He just seems like he's he's a little out of it. Yeah. His his he's secretary. Old. Yes, he's old. He's an old guy. You know, he's an old guy. And then, you know, he's uh, uh, his he's he's he says, uh, what pandemic? And then he just marches right outside and breathes in a big lung full of air. Yeah, he says, uh, I'm not going to let this uh, change my life in any way. Uh, uh-huh. Fox News says everything's fine. Uh, you guys are all being a bunch of cowards. And uh, then he goes out and coughs on a bunch of food that I buy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's uh, we, we've seen this tale a hundred thousand times. Mr. Lodge's secretary, however, is given some papers to shred. And the shredder that she's working with 
is a bit temperamental. She's worried it's going to cut off her hand because it doesn't seem to be functioning properly. She's scared yeah, of it. Scary. Uh, basically, the um, the shredder looks like the furnace in Home Alone. Do you remember this scene yeah. where like Kevin's very scared of the furnace? It's basically what this thing is. Uh, Freddie goes upstairs to go clean Mr. Lodge's office, and the two of them hit it off because Freddie wants to. He's like, "Oh, I get a chance to get a little confab face to face time with the big boss." And, uh, you know, he's trying to impress him by talking business stuff. And Mr. Lodge seems like he half knows what he's talking about. But the two of them seem to hit it off. Yeah. While cleaning Susan's office, Ralph suggests, because Freddie's like, this is my dream girl. I'm in her office. I'm going through her stuff. You know, maybe I, uh, <laughs> you know, I sneak a camera into the ladies room. I mean, I don't know. This yeah, is what janitors know, do. This is what, what janitors do. do. Uh, Ralph suggests going through. Uh, Susan's trash can to really find out what uh, a person's really like is you go through their trash. So this uh, is kind of the creepy. impetus of this movie. It is creepy, but he's not wrong. I mean, this is what private private detectives do. Yeah. Well, they start going through Susan's trash and they find out that she eats Cheetos. There's an empty bag of Cheetos in the uh, in the trash can. All right. uh, there's some papers, some receipts. And uh, there's a receipt for a U2 album, so now he knows what she likes to listen to in music. And there's also, okay, now Mark, you're going to laugh. Okay, hold on a second. Um, yeah, now we need we need to get out of the scene, so let's make sure that we have a, we have a laugh yeah, big, line here. Big laugh line to end the scene on. Ben Stiller pulls out an empty thing of haagen and he goes, huh, haagen That's the end right. of the scene. And then, and then, yeah, it's the joke. No, 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 that's it. Are you laughing? It doesn't sound like you're laughing. Is the connection bad? Uh, no, I'm I'm confused. No, no, hold on a second. Okay, hold on. I, let me explain it again. He pulls out an empty container of haagen and he says, Huh, haagen Yeah, huh? the ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's empty. And it's it's a funny, it's, fu- it's, it's funny, Mark. It's like, you know, if I'm coming up with a list of cities, I'm not going to say like, oh, we're going to, to Dallas. I'm going to say we're going to... We're going to Walla Walla, Washington. Huh? Yeah, that, yeah, sure. That's that is something, I guess. But you know, if you pulled out a thing and it's, he's it like, "Huh, Neapolitan." Like again, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> he says, no, I agree. That also does not work. Huh, Hagen Das. Hmm. Weary. Uh, it's weird. It's I don't know what the joke was supposed to be. Other, you know, there's funnier things that you could find in a trash can. Uh, used condom, I guess. Uh, Hagen, Hag, Mark, Hagen Das. It's very. It's, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not. You're, no, I, I hear you. I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like it because, again, it's a funny phrase. You know, it's fun. It's funny. It's funny. Heroin? Like a, like a needle? Hagen, Hagen Das. You know, that was the thing that it's like, uh, you know, if he pulled out a bottle and he's like, huh, avian water, huh? Like, that's funny. You know, people drinking water out of bottles. Huh. Oh, man. What will they come up with next? Meanwhile, the secretary is scared of this shredder uh, a couple days later. And she instead of shredding the documents that she needs to shred, she just throws them away. She says, I don't nuts to this. I'm not going to lose a finger. For this dumb thing. So she just throws it in the trash can. Yes. Ralph f- 
finds this when he empties the trash can and brings it downstairs and looks at it. And it turns out that the document she needed to shred was basically some uh, stock buying commands that Lodge was trying to make. And when Freddy gets a hold of this document, he realizes that this is like having tomorrow's racing form because... Based on what the paper says, if they invested in this company that they're making these uh, uh, options for today, it's going to go up like 25 points tomorrow. They would make a bundle of money. Right. This would, presume, pres- this would presumably solve Ralph's money problem and get no knack off his back. But Freddie balks at it because money. he's like, what's that? If they had enough money to invest. Sure. If they had a pot to piss in, maybe. But... Uh, Freddie points out correctly that this would be insider trading. This is this is yes. straight up illegal. You can't take this inside information and make investments in the market because it's illegal. Even though it's, it's tough to prove, like it's there's it's. I love that like it's illegal, but when you actually look at like how insider trading works, you're like, well, like what is considered to be insider information to then make these is being notified of a pandemic uh, ahead of time and then dumping a bunch of stock is that is that considered insider trading i, I, uh, I not, think not that be. i'm aware of it should be but it, you know you know they're just you know they're all just these are all just sovereign citizens just making these moves even though they just happen to be part of the the wheels of uh, of government here of in government? these united states i they, they're they're fine it's a, it's a blind trust mark ha, ha, ha. i mean uh, <laughs> yeah. this I, what are we even talking about here, Mark? I mean, <laughs> Ralph gives Freddy the hard sell. He says, look, man, look, I know this is illegal and seems uh, tenuous at best, but they're going to fucking murder me if I don't come up with $6,000. So if this is the easy way to do it, then I'm asking you, I'm begging you, help me and do whatever you got to do to invest some money into whatever this is. Yeah, this is this is for your good good buddy that you met a day ago like a like a day ago six thousand dollars from you i seem like a real scumbag like you shouldn't trust me with anything but uh you know it's your old it's your old pal it's your old pal uh, ralph you know i loved you since you were a baby boy (laughs) well they go and scrounge up some cash from some fellow co-workers and take a big stack a big fat wad uh minimum two thousand dollars up to susan's office and say we want to invest in hyper global compu megatech or whoever the hell, whatever the hell company this is supposed to be. Yeah, they've got a uh, they've got a spacesuit. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. All right, <laughs> it's we're gonna flamethrower. We're gonna we're gonna roast some demons with this motherfucker. Well, uh, Susan does what she's told and takes uh, her cut off the top of this two grand and invests in whatever. And uh, a day later, it turns out the stock hits like Freddie said it would, and the, the group ends up making like $8,000. They get to pay off No Neck, and Ralph's in the clear. So, they also you know, spend a little bit of time explaining, like, the role of a broker. Yeah. Which he, I, I guess you have to, especially at this point in time, but it's strange that now it's like, well, no, you could just use your phone. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need a person. I just, I look, man, if I want to buy a thousand shares of, I don't know, Bumble, 
They're probably trading, right? Bum, face I want masks. a thousand. Yeah, I want a thousand. I want a thousand shares of face masks, please. Uh, you can just punch it into your phone, and then the phone's like, "Hell yeah, I'll take your money." I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Andrew, I'm very disappointed that. Uh, uh, per your advice, in January, I dumped all my shares of shotgun and canned goods. Oh, Mark, I said this is now's the time. He said now's the time to get out. <laughs> I said, Mark, who's going to want to buy shotguns? And that that's the Christmas season. You got to sell now. It's like investing in pumpkins in November. No, you're too late. You got to be in September. <laughs> My my canned goods uh, industries that I that I was also involved with gone just gone. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that you still held on to uh, those uh, amusement park stocks that you were you know. Yes, you were I worried. put it I all said, in amusement parks and, and movie uh, and movie theaters. Suntan lotion uh, <laughs> futures. There's no ceiling, Mark. It's gonna keep going up. Well, Ralph pays off no neck, and uh, that's that's the end of that <laughs> chapter. That's uh, we'll never deal with that. All again. right, thanks for coming out, everybody. Act two. After paying off his debts, Ralph continues to pocket the non-shredded documents from Mister Lodge's office, and then um, he doesn't want to get Freddie involved in it because Freddie was very adamant by saying, "Okay, that's it. You got paid. You you didn't you didn't get murdered." And, uh, yeah, I did this so that you wouldn't get murdered. Now you have not gotten murdered. Now let's stop doing this. Now let's continue to clean them toilets. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make all two thousand of them flushes the best two thousand <laughs> fucking flushes you ever seen. However, uh, Freddie, or however, Ralph keeps finding these documents, getting them, and then reading them, but not understanding them. So he asks Freddie a bunch of very dumb questions so he can try and figure out what it is that he needs to do. And what to buy with Susan without tipping Freddie off that he's still doing these stock trades. Right. And uh, Freddie is uh, very, very excited to just dump all this information to show that he's a he's a smart he's a smart guy. He's he's a smart man. He's got a big brain. Yeah. Look at the big um, look at the he's... big brain on old Freddie. Freddie. Uh, but he's still too dumb to know that. Freddie, that Ralph is obviously still insider trading. Yes, like if he was that, if if he was that um, involved in like stock trading and reading on on the, the trades every day, I think he would eventually figure out that like the thing that Ralph just asked him questions about, like a day ago, hit really big today. Yeah, and he'd be like, "Oh, what a weird coincidence! We were just talking about this." Uh, and this has happened several times in the past month. Oh, well. And also, Ralph is dressing nicer. <laughs> yes, he's also dressing nicer. Uh, and uh, he goes up to, Ralph goes up to Susan's place, uh, office, and puts in this this um, stock buy. But he also says that he wants to put it under, he, she, he, she says, you have to put it under a name. Yeah, I need a name to put in for this whatever this trade is. And he says, well, why don't we call but it. But she didn't need to do that before? Yeah, I, I guess. He just... <laughs> Well, they just they typed in uh, it's a uh, uh, fart poop fart fart uh, final 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 this is final version yeah. three dot doc. That's what they called the the last one. But now that they changed it and they said it's, it's, it's a whole thing. 
Ralph says, all right, we're going to call it the Three Wishes Fund. We're not necessarily right. clued in why or what Naturally, the reasoning be, is. Well, because earlier, um, hmm. Mm. All right, no, yeah. there's no, no motivation for this. There's no, like, if there was a line where Ralph or Freddie had said, this is like a wish, like, this is like a, you have a genie here with this insider trading, and yes. all of your wishes will come true, that would make sense. But no, he explained it like, this is like having tomorrow's horse racing form. This is like having tomorrow's results today. But instead, it's called the Three Wishes Fund. Whatever. So, go fuck yourself. But Ralph also mentions to Susan that Freddy is the one that's the investing whiz behind the Three Wishes Fund, but don't bring it up to him because he's too modest to tell you, okay? <laughs> right? All right? Just don't ask him about it. I fucking, I'm begging you, don't do it. <laughs> He's doing it, but don't ask him. Don't mention just, it. Right, don't even look at it. Spit right in his face when you see him. Just hawk a big old oyster right in his eye. Tell him he's too dumb. He couldn't invest with uh, a, 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 a girl on her prom night? I don't know. <laughs> the Three Wishes Fund is doing great in a montage, and we see that Susan is starting to notice Freddy a little bit more and more as he's, like, cleaning out, like, dog shit from the front of the building or, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. He's like, that's how it always goes. Pouring orange sawdust on some a big thing of vomit, you know, in the in the men's room. She's like, looking good, yeah. Fred. When I was a PA, Andrew, yes, principally all I did was took out trash because the set was so big and how it was producing so was much it? trash. Oh, I thought we were doing a bit. <laughs> the set was so big. Okay, uh, all right. Get that, ready to laugh. Uh, Get ready to laugh, everybody. Yeah, it's uh, it's COVID nineteen response was uh, a bit delayed. Oh, ha! <clears throat> huh. Yikes! Yikes! Anyways, I would take out. So it was it was like painting a battleship. Once you got done taking out the trash in one part, mm -hmm. it had and and gone to the next one. It had filled up by the time you got back. So that was that was what I would do all day, every day, is take out trash. And I cannot imagine having the gall to like look at a woman and be like, hey babe, <laughs> we both work here. I'm covered in shit. No, she notices him. So while you're while you're pulling out like uh I don't know, like twenty thousand cans of LaCroix from like the toilet that they were tossed <laughs> into you know, a lady comes yeah. in, kicks open the door, and she's like, hey, hot stuff, see you after rap, and then, like, takes a big fat shit. <laughs> yeah, just walking around with a big fucking hefty trash bag filled with, with like, half full cups of coffee that people just throw in there. Mm -hmm. And then it's sloshing around and it just leaks all over me. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I like the way you smell like coffee and garbage. I mean, Mark, we, you know, you're, you're, you've been on the other side of the coin that you're just like, you know, you, you see, <laughs> you see some poor PA that like has to jump into a dumpster because some executive threw away their car keys accidentally like a week ago. And they like make them get in there, make them look for the keys. And then you think and they're, they're like, they took the trash yesterday. There's no way your keys are in there. He's like, do it. Fucking do it. And meanwhile, you're going into the office and you're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh i'm looking oh, at look at the like talent <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well 
Well, uh, while cleaning Mr. Lodge's office, Freddie inadvertently manages to fix the shredder, which uh, ends up ruining this plan that Ralph had. And Ralph's like, oh, fuck. Now these papers are going to get shredded and I can't do no more illegal, incredibly illegal financial crimes. Well, this also, this secretary is also into Freddie. Like, everybody is, is hot, hot, hot for, um, for jan- Freddy. the janitorial yes. staff on this. Yes. This is, Mark, this is true to life. I don't know the lens the last time you worked in an office, but uh, you want to talk about who gets the most tail. All right, let me break it down for you. All right, number three. Yeah. Number three, the very rude um, security guards who, like, like guard the elevator bank and especially when you show up yeah, for that, like the first time and they're just very shitty to you that you have to sign into the book like that's number three those guys are getting are pulling down a lot of tail mm-hmm. number two and this is going to be surprising but number two is uh the uh the fire marshal that shows up like every five <laughs> years and inspects the <laughs> elevator and then gives a new uh a new you know certificates yeah, for the new, elevator new tag on that and uh i'll have sex yeah well, he, that's the, that's how he tests the elevator he goes to He's each like, floor well, gotta... and he bangs someone and then he goes to the next floor yeah. and then if the elevator didn't fall down the shaft he uh you know he puts a new certificate on it yeah and then number one the janitor crew all right you want to talk about a crew that literally cleans up that's the crew <laughs> my friend all right all right I haven't been in an office in a while, I guess. Uh, apparently not. Apparently never worked on a janitorial crew either, because, uh, oh, man. I'm not saying that I have, but, uh, you know, we all fantasized about it when we were young boys. That we're just like, one day I'm going to be a janitor, and oh, my God. Just... Is that why Jefferson wanted to be wanted onto the garbage truck? Yes. He was like, oh, they're having sex in there. <laughs> it's kind of a big truck, because you're going to have a lot of, <laughs> lot of sex. If you have a compactor in there, it speeds it up because you got to get to the next house to have sex. <laughs> Downstairs in the basement, Ralph shows Freddie what the Three Wishes Fund has been doing, and that includes helping out a lot of the janitorial staff's uh, like side projects and families. One of the people says, "Well, the three funds, the, the Three Wishes Fund helped my son, my or my daughter's going to go to college. My son has a pair of braces now." And the biggest thing is that uh, Mindy Sterling's character has been trying to use the fund to get a homeless shelter off the ground. And Freddie points out, he's like, you people are all crazy. We're all going to get implicated in a crime. What we're doing, what you've been doing, this is all illegal. And Ralph says, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, think about (laughs) this. All right. What if we do more? What if we do more financial crimes? Ralph says to Freddie, he says, look, man, we need your help. We have a little bit of money left over, but there's all of these outs. We're still in the red because we have to pay for braces and this guy's daughter's uh, BU tuition and this homeless shelter, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of people depending on this fund. Now, we don't have our inside track anymore because you fixed the stupid shredder, you stupid, dumb motherfucker. However... We trust you to take whatever little money is left, use your actual insight, your actual trading knowledge to put in legitimate trades so you can help the fund grow so we can get some fucking money, my friend. Yeah, do it legally, please. Well, Freddie's on the fence about it, but Ralph sweetens it by saying, look, we know you're smart. We're really depending on you. 
Good luck. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> now he butters. Uh, he's, he's, smell you later. <laughs> Bye. Keep it nice and sleazy. Because uh, this kind of sways Freddy, but he's like, I don't think I'm ready. Ralph says, you're ready because we ain't got no other option. And also, I bet $20,000 against the Harlem Globetrotters. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we could. Uh, Washington generals are due. The crew gets Freddy a trading computer to work on in the basement. And using conversations he overhears in the building and his own hard work and research and his conversations with Mr. Lodge, Freddie gets the fund up and moving and growing. He also yes. gets closer to Susan. Cause every time he needs to make a trade, he goes and talks to Susan and he asks her to come to Ralph's big beer blast and stockholder meeting on a date. Cause Ralph says, we're going to have a, our, we've been doing very well with three wishes fund Everyone, stockholder meeting. We're going to get ripped at my place. Freddie decides to bring Susan along as a date. Meanwhile, the VP from earlier, you know, the uh, the, the dean, basically, of this uh, college. Uh, <laughs> the dean of the trading company. Yes. He says, uh, I, don't, I don't like those rowdies from the Three Wishes Fund. We're going to get them expelled or fired or whatever. Meanwhile, the VP from earlier is putting in place plans to oust Mr. Lodge and take over the company. But then uh, Freddie and Ralph managed to run into him again in the hallway. Like, is this a is this like, I don't know. I feel like if we wrote a scene, we're like and they get then they run into him again. And then, you know, we're like, OK, we've, we've done the comedy for this section. Let's just keep moving on. They bump into him. It's funny. All right. It's funny. Everybody laughs. Everyone has a great time. Look, they're not all going to be Haagen-Dazs. All right. Some, <laughs> you got you got big laughs. You got little laughs. I mean, we could do the Haagen-Dazs thing. Write that in. Write that. We're going to he he gets knocked over and then he then Ben Stiller picks up a thing and says, huh, huh. Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs. <laughs> You know, it's a callback. It's funny. It's funny. The VP also gets mad at Susan when she sees her flirting with Freddie in her office. So, got that going for you. This guy, he doesn't like these 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 rowdies. You know, they're 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 low yeah. class. They wear they wear coveralls. They're janitors. And they're pulling they don't in have the a ton of tail. to commit uh, crimes on high levels. <laughs> Freddie and Ralph clean the VP's office and Freddie notes in the trash can that the returns he sees a bunch of paperwork regarding uh their the, the company's pension fund and he notes that well a lot of these uh, investments that the pension fund is making are turning or turning losses except for something called Lockridge and uh Freddie is not necessarily informed as to what Lockridge is uh, Kimbro, who's this VP, goes to Susan's house later to discuss business, but also to like flirt with Susan, and but also also to like imply that um, if she wants a promotion, she probably shouldn't be dating a janitor. Maybe she should be dating like a cool, hot, sexy vice president that gets knocked down in oh, the hallways sometimes. Yeah. A vice president. He's like, look, I know we all want to bang the janitorial staff here. All right. I get it. But like, look, we, we, can't, there. we all can't bang them. All right. 
There's no future there, all right? It's, it's, we need more than a good time. That's right. We, you know, these hot studs come into the janitorial staff and you get your heart broken by them again and again and again. Sometimes you just got to make a decision for yourself. A long-term one. Outside, ready, uh, outside, Ralph and Freddy show up and they honk their horn. They're driving like a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce or something like that. Yeah. Glad, uh, glad to see the, uh, the orphanage money is yeah. going is being well spent. Also, like, didn't anyone see? I, I mean, I guess Goodfellas wouldn't have come out by this point, but uh, you know, you don't flash around the money. You, not that soon. You gotta, you gotta put it away, bury it in a hole for like ten years, and you can trickle it out. You don't just dump it out out front like with a fucking Rolls Royce. Come on, man. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Ralph should know this is like some loan shark scumbag that you don't just um, you don't just blow your wad like that so fast and furiously kimbro the vice president looks downstairs and he again doesn't like these 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 uh roustabouts these these He's like why do they know where you live <laughs> this is odd also they're janitors like this is a big thing this is a big refrain over and over again that they these 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 jerk offs can't be for which is crazy also because like janitorial services especially or or like building service people uh, in in some positions that I've worked in I'm like I'm confident these people make a thousand times more than I do because um, union benefits and if they're vested like they will get like six months of vacation. And also turn their paycheck, and then also the pension will also cover them for the rest of their life. Meanwhile, they're like, here, Andrew, here's your $70. Um, <laughs> we'll see you in a month. Go go spend it at the uh, company store so that you could eat. <laughs> and then I see the jan- I walk past the janitor, and I'm like, huh, janitors. Is that like you can hear me wheezing from my untreated asthma? Yeah. Well, here's so, the, here's the thing with so Kim- the kidnapper. <laughs> here's the thing with Kimbro is he's he's like I don't understand how these guys have a Rolls Royce, and Susan, who uh, told Ben Stiller earlier in the movie that all her trades are confidential, tells Kimbro that she's like, yeah, I'm trading for them, and uh, they're doing very well, and yeah. rightfully so. Kimbro's like these guys can't find their ass with two hands because they ran me down in the hallway twice now. But yet, these jerk-offs can somehow string together some successful uh, stock options and stock buys. He's suspicious, yeah. and rightfully so. She should be suspicious. She should have been like, wow, you're placing a lot of the bets here. You're doing a lot of, you know, trades here that only do well. Like, <laughs> but you also, know, you, you don't... That also, like, pay off within days. Yes. But also seem to be connected to the, like, the company that she currently works for. Like, she should expect them to know, she should anticipate that they probably are picking up information in the building, right? Yes. She, it should be obvious. Um, But, you know, she's horny for the janitor. As, you know, yeah, we all, I mean, we we all do, do this. Yeah. We all overlook things once the janitorial crew comes by and we're like, oh. Yeah. as, as the know. The beefcake section know, shows up. I know they were. I know they were doing people last week, but they'll <laughs> they'll change their ways for me. Well, it's the night of the party, and Susan and Freddie really hit it off. Uh, while Ralph gives a check to Mindy Sterling and her nun friend, 
uh, to get the homeless shelter off the ground. Susan and Freddie also, they have a smooch. Okay, so things Aww. are going well. Back at work, Susan flirts with Freddie down, and they go down into the basement where the Three Wishes Fund has their setup. And she's never seen this before. She's kind of curious. She's like, oh, my God, you guys have, like, a trading computer down here in the boiler room? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, weird. It's pretty cool, actually. It's like, but if uh, you're going to come down here, I want you to knock as loud as you can because, uh, you know, sometimes... Sometimes some work is happening after trading hours, if you catch my drift. Yeah. However, on the desk, she notices that there are folders for the shredded to shred documents that they had found earlier. And uh, again, rightfully so, she gets very suspicious. This is just dumb on their part. Like, get, get rid of the... For, for, yeah, then shred it. Once you read yes. it, then shred it. Freddie knows this is illegal, and he's like, uh-oh, better keep the evidence. <laughs> Yeah, well, then I know where the evidence is. Oh, yeah, I guess that's smart. A little later, Susan meets up with Freddy and asks him about this. She's like, hey, it seems like you're doing illegal insider trading crimes. That's curious. What about that? And Freddy says, okay, all right. Now you're going to laugh. Now, hold on. You're going to, this is. Also, also, I'm doing the trading for you. Yes. So I could I'm, be implicated I'm in this. I'm dating you now. So like I could be implicated in this. And he's like, okay, all right. Now you're going to, hold on. All right. Well, these um, are good points. This is fun. This is, uh, you, yeah. <laughs> again, um, so, uh, you know, 1990, uh, you know, it's a brand new decade. It's a, it's a little weird. Um, greed. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this. You see this movie? Greed is good. <laughs> Well, uh, they get in a fight because she's like, you're a stupid, dumb motherfucker and you can't even do crimes well. Susan gets pissed, even though Freddie says that this was for good reasons. He's like, uh, they were going to kill Ralph. And I think we got that kid's braces on discount. So we're trying to save and, money there. Um, you know, if you think about it, the dealership that sold us the Rolls Royce that, you know, I'm helping them. Yeah, they, we're trying to help the local economy. And the ones that the, the trades that we've been doing recently, they've been all above the board. Kind, kind of. Susan gets mad at him and throws him out. Mean, But this is not before Freddie implicates uh, Kimbrough by saying, well, you want to talk about someone doing something shady. You want to talk to fucking uh, little Lord Fauntleroy up there on third because... Um, <laughs> He's uh, doing something funky with the pensions, but I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I don't know. He's probably like weird sex crimes, probably. If I had to, it's probably sex crimes. Classic, classic whataboutism. You know, classic defense. A little later. Yes, I've done something wrong, but what about her emails? Think, well, that's, hold on. Well, before we, Mark, I, I know you're joking, but have we considered her emails? <laughs> you're right. I should have. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe the masks are there. Maybe we can find masks there in the in the emails, like as an attachment. Yeah, it's a file called masks. <laughs> Just double click on that and then that's that's where they are. And then that's it. Print them out. Kimbrough later catches Freddie and Ralph going through his office because Freddie now has a chip on his shoulder and he's like, I need to prove that this guy's doing some funky, weird sex financial crimes. I call them sexantial crimes. Uh, yes, I call it uh, violating 
Ethics Code 69. Hey, oh, 69.420. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha Well, because of this, uh, Kimbrough says, all right, I'm firing you two fucks. Get the fuck out of here. You're banned from the building. I don't want to see your your fucking jerk-off face. We run a quiet beachfront community here. Private, we're nice and quiet beachfront uh, brokerage firm. Later on, he tells Susan, he's like, hey, I fired your boyfriend or whatever. And Susan's like, yeah, cool. He was a dirtbag. I hated him as well. And it's like, well, what about the rest of the building that wanted to fuck the janitor's crew? Did you ever think about him or them? Yeah. Selfish. Stop thinking about yourself for once. Now who are we going to bang? Oh, we'll just hire more janitors and bang them? Yes, that sounds okay, right. Okay, yeah, cool. All right, fine. Act three, money time. Money time calls Mr. Lodge's office, and they're looking for a representative of the Three Wishes Fund. Uh, now, this is like this old house, but like finances yeah but also they like do everything live as well which is very weird they conduct a live yes, yes. every tv show is always live it's always live they have the big commercials happening and it's happening live i would love it if just once there was a movie where somebody sees something on tv and they're like oh my god i have to go stop this and they like break into the studio or whatever and they're like yeah, no, we, we shot this a year ago. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's the, the closest you can get to that is uh, is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, right? That it's like, he needs to get the station to take it off the air. Not that he needs, he needs to prevent the, the commercial from happening. Yeah. I mean, Mark, have, d- you do need to remember your mask. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> They conduct a live interview with Ralph in the boiler room, which Kimbrough sees on the TV, and he sends security guards in the building down there and throws out Ralph and Freddy. Later, Kimbrough says he's going to investigate this fund, and he's fired all the other janitors involved in the scheme. All right, so now this is where the line gets crossed, because he's, he's fired all of those hot, hot personnel like the shoeshine guy and George Wallace, they're on their asses. Yeah. For the for the simp for the for the horrible crime of being criminals, they are punished. Does that seem right to you? No, not in my I America. This was America. <laughs> Freddie is pretty sure they're gonna go to jail. He's like, well, we've uh, all those insider crimes that we did. Who would have thunk that? Because we were buying and flashing so much cash and not being anywhere at all sensitive with all of the terrible, terrible evidence that we just kept hanging around. Now we're going to prison. But on the news, it's also revealed that Lockridge is looking to get controlling interest of Lodge's company. This reveals to Freddie what Kimbrough is up to, which apparently involved raiding the pensions to invest in a shell company called Lockridge... That was going to try and buy Lodge's company and then get him ousted and sent away for some reason, I think? I don't know. Uh, he's old, right? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, at this point, I I don't know if the movie was just 
not making sense or if I was just losing interest. But I was like, what? Why? Why is this happening? Yes. Like, when did the where, where did this come from? That's but, a, that's okay, a thing. Sure. Yeah. It's like like if you think trading places ending is confusing like this just sails right over the top of it because it makes it sound like it makes sense. But I've I watched it twice and I'm still kind of fuzzy as to like, wait, why? Why do they do? What is he going to? And then. Considering yeah, what does this have to do with the pension? Yeah, that's the confusing part as to what the deal is. I but in my mind, uh, he basically consolidated all the money from the pension and was siphoning off the top to create the shell company so he could buy the company for himself and then do something with it. Uh, he only just has a chip on his shoulder against what's his name, Buddy Epson, but Buddy Epson. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's uh he doesn't like that he's some farmer that got lucky and is living next door now. <laughs> that is true. Yes, he is the Mr. Drysdale of this whole thing. Susan shows up at the Ralph's place where Freddie is and admits that she was wrong because she looked into it and she said, yes, he's been siphoning off the top of the pension fund for the past couple of years and he's going to fire everyone and, and, and this is going to be a bad deal. We're going to, we're not going to have jobs and, and you, I, you know, that, this prison thing sounds terrible. I, 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 I best of luck to you, but uh, maybe you shouldn't have done them crimes. Well, it turns out that Freddie has a plan because in this discussion, he 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 somehow comes up with this uh, brainstorm that all he needs to do is this. Okay. Again, as far as I understand, I watched it twice. They are going to try and get as much uh, cash on hand as possible to try and sneak in a second offer on Lodge's company ahead of Kimbrough's uh, uh, company's offer and right. buy the thing out from under him. So they have to put in a higher offer, and he probably won't be able to put in a second offer because he's already leveraged the health. He's already put in everything that he can. Okay, why doesn't some other company do this? I guess because they're not interested? Yes. I don't know. Because it's, it's dumb? Because <laughs> no one else wants to get involved in this like weird familial... Uh, scheme that this... like Revenge scheme that this guy is... Locked himself into. Well, I, I have also no idea. I also heard that the co other companies were concerned that their janitorial crew was too hot, and that they oh, were just going to be that's... constantly <laughs> just sniffing around for tail. They're like, we we're not going to get any work done. It's a liability. There's just so much sexing. Like we we got it, guys. I know, but like I know they're hot. But for at least one of your twelve hour shifts, can you can you try to move some some paperwork around? <laughs> like, well, you say that now, but when they show up and they're wearing those very flattering coveralls, <laughs> yes, good those luck. Very loose fitting coveralls. <laughs> they end up selling everything, including most of Ralph's stuff. Uh, to try and drum up some cash, but they're short on liquid funds. But they reason that if they can somehow get Lodge's company to drop several points, they can use the money that they have to make, in this, make this offer ahead of Kimbro's offer and, uh, and buy it. But they have to, they, uh, Susan says, well, there'd have to be a lot of bad news to get Lodge's company to drop eight points. And Ralph says, well, we can't get any more money because I've sold everything. It feels like I've committed suicide. Hey, yes. wait a minute. 
So Ralph pulls out a big revolver and he says, I, I got the, uh, I got a great idea. I'll just kill him. <laughs> kill him and then kill myself. And then you guys, you guys can live like kings. We then cut to Ralph and he's standing on the windowsill at the lodge building, yelling down to the crowd below. He says, you want my blood? Take my blood. Take my blood. People on the ground going, what? Huh? <laughs> There's a helicopter. I can't. I can't. You're going to have to speak up. He says that he's he's on the ledge screaming that Lodge has bankrupted him. And other people on the street overhear this. And Susan also tells some traders on the floor that there's some nut on the windowsill saying that Lodge is bankrupting him. And this forces a panic, uh, a panic sell of Lodge's company as they people try and distance themselves from from this, which t- ends up uh, tanking the uh, the company's uh, numbers on the stock exchange. They need the number to go lower, however. They need it as low as they can go. So Freddie and Ralph's wife and Susan have to convince Ralph to physically jump off the building into an air mattress that's below. Why? I, I guess this will work, I, maybe. Why not just fake his death? Just have him hang himself. But it's like Heather's, and then he, you know, it's he tied it around his waist. Yeah. Sure. Well, they managed to uh, get him to jump, and this craters the, the stock numbers and the stock price. And Kimbrough is basically at the point where he needs to sell off stocks that he's already purchased to try and make a return because he's already bought in and then when he does that they then sweep him up and something i i don't know something financial happens yeah i don't really get it (laughs) well susan and the gang snap up fifty thousand shares of lodge's company which apparently gives them a controlling interest while kimbro uh Sold all of his stock because he was worried he was going to lose his shirt on it, even though, like, I am assuming those stocks were going to rebound after whatever this was. At some point, you would think. Well, somehow, this also means that Kimbrough and Dan Castellaneta end up going to jail for some reason. I guess because they were involved in the skimming off the pension fund, but... I don't see how this is any worse than the stock manipulation that we just saw. Yeah. Well, they're in jail now, and Ralph and Freddie and several of the other janitors are now on the board of directors at Lodge's company. And now they're having sex with the janitors. Yes, they are like, oh, they they, they now know how the other side lives. Lodge says that he was able to clear up that whole pesky insider trading thing with the Securities and and, uh, Exchange Commission. Which is weird that they just kind of hand wave this away. That They're like, oh, yeah, all them crimes we did, like, I don't know, 45 minutes ago. Doesn't matter. We gave the money back. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. We're we're good. Well, now now uh, Freddie's got his big stock exchange job and and they all go outside. (laughs) They leave the building and they are showered with confetti again. Like they just they just uh, (laughs) they just saved New York. They sent. uh, Yeah. They sent the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man back to hell where he came from. Uh, this, uh, yeah, they get showered with confetti, and Freddy points out, he's like, "Oh, this is this is where we did it." And Ralph says, "Don't worry, boss, I'll have this cleaned up because Ralph is garbage." And they like smile really big, and it's a very weird line to end this movie on. 
But that's the end of working trash. Mark, what did you think of this movie? Uh, Andrew, this is one of the weirdest ways to end a movie with a guy just saying, hey, I'm garbage. Like, I'm fucking trash. That's how I end every night before I go to bed. I I imagine there was some note from an executive that was like, the, the, the guy should call himself garbage. Like, like you should be like, I'm, I work for a living, so I'm a piece of shit. Can he say that? And they're like, I, I don't know why he would, but... Sure. Yeah, see, if yeah, if it was me, I would have written it as, well, I'll have this cleaned up, uh, you know, because Ralph is garbage. And then a beat, and then it's like, because I'm a fucking piece of shit. I'm <laughs> fucking trash. I am, the, I am a gutter. I am just debris. Sweep me away and never think about me again. And then, like, a big smile and another, like, throw of confetti. <laughs> All right, yay! A, uh, a uh, Big Brother finale-esque confetti to the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm revolted. <laughs> like a I'm, thousand yard I'm, stare. I'm just oh, trash. Was... Uh, it's, um, yeah, this movie, this movie isn't bad, but it's not very good. It's just, it's just a kind of by the numbers, um, a story like this like if you've seen trading places you've seen this movie but this movie does it in a more confusing way and also does it in a way that's like there's a couple things that you're just like well you could have if you just made this little change here this little change here i think it would have been a lot better yeah but instead it's just like it turns out you know it's 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 one of those stories that you're like i'm glad everything turned out for the characters that i liked but when you stand back and think about it, you're like, oh, wait, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make a lick of sense. Uh, no, yeah. no, 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 this isn't right at all. It's, um, uh, it, it, it's, it's an okay movie, I guess. It's just completely uninspired was my thought. I, like, it's very much, um, you keep saying Trading Places. I think it's more like Wall Street. Um, but it's very much like, uh, you know, A A happens, B happens, C happens. Why why does yeah. why does this thing happen? Uh, why is this thing happening? Well, it's because we're on page twenty five. Like that's why it's happening. You know, it doesn't. Right. It does. There doesn't seem to be much life to the movie. Yeah, even though the cast is likable, like you kind of want, you kind of want. Th- some more like you're kind of expecting a little bit more out of the cast as well to kind of lift it and make it fun especially since you've got george carlin and ben stiller who are two of the biggest names of comedy in the past 30 40 years yeah, I, big guess. Names. I, I don't know they're big names and yet it's you've got you've got ben stiller in the straight man role and george carlin's doing this kind of like goofy weird he's not doing kind of george carlin shtick he's just he's a he's a working class guy and then you know he's uh, he's out there trying to just make a living do you know doing what he's got to do to earn a buck yeah and that's cool but ultimately it's just yeah it's a very by that it's not very inspired and it doesn't have that like run amok 
um, slobs versus snobs feeling of a, a movie that the director also directed was something like Back to School. Like if that was the direction and this was supposed to be like a Rodney Dangerfield vehicle, I'm you know that's something that could that's uh, I could that could be fun and you allow him to like riff and do a little bit more. That would that would make more sense. But putting George Carlin in this, it just doesn't feel like he. You know, you, you shoot the movie, it takes six weeks, and then you go home. And again, not bad. And it's not weird enough to be like, oh, this was a real stinker or this was wild because it was this. But like, yeah, it's it's a 90-minute movie that you saw on Fox in right before Thanksgiving in 1990. Yeah. Like, that's what this movie is. Yeah. There's a probably, I'm sure there's a reason why this, nobody nobody's heard of this movie. Like, Ben Stiller and George Carlin or janitors uh, it seems like a funny idea that maybe people would talk about now but you yeah you watch it now and you're like no nah, it's just forgettable really yeah you almost want like a minute work situation or uh you know you want something wilder to happen other than they they well you know it's almost like what we talked about with robin of loxley where you know he's he uses his computer to rob from the rich and steal from the poor and you're like cool okay we could probably do something different with that. And instead you're like, Oh, it's they're just doing the Robin hood thing. Yeah. And with this, they like even try and make those parallels there, but it's even more confusing. Cause they're just using it to kind of enrich themselves. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think maybe it would have been better if you use that VP character to, you know, really turn him into a fucking prick. And then have these guys just really fuck him over other than he's like, yeah, these guys are doing like illegal things and they're janitors. So I'm I'm suspicious as to how they're coming up with all this money. Doesn't seem like it's above the board. And even though he's like raiding from the pension, which, again, that's like a, a real traditional way to how do we make a bad guy a bad guy? Oh, uh, like why? Stealing he's... from the workers. Yes, that is the way to do it. And. If they, I mean, if they really wanted to say something, they're like, we caught him red handed. And then it's like an epilogue where it's like, he got fined $10,000 and then was on probation from, from his trading for six months. But due to certain lax laws put in during the Reagan administration, he found his way right back to the trading floor within three days. I guess the rich get richer. Oh, well, see you next time. You know, you can always insert those kind of messages into movies like comedies if you really want to try to do it. So it takes an even hand, but you can do it. So they could have done that here, but they didn't. No. They're just like, it's snobs versus slobs. And somehow now they're the bosses and the bad guys went to jail. The end. Stay tuned for the 10 o'clock news. Um, I hear that there's a squirrel that water skis. <laughs> Check this out. Um, yeah. And then uh, we got the Chevy Chase show. Everybody hates it. <laughs> uh, he's got Burt Reynolds on tonight. That should be good. Mark, would you recommend this movie? No, I, I, yeah, it's not even, it's, it's not even bad enough to be memorable. Like it's just, it just, it's just something that exists, you know, like I, yeah. I don't know what there is to take from it. I, I think there's much better examples of a movie like this with trading places. Mm hmm. Um, no, I, I really want to recommend it and I hate you okay. for making me well, watch it. Oh, so. well, I mean, that's, that's, that's nice. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, 
you know, this, you know, this, this pandemic is, you know, forcing us to think about a lot of things differently. And, uh, you know, I, I'll, uh, I'll anticipate your apology in, you know, a handful of months when we're back to normal. Yeah. So don't, don't worry about Look it. Look forward to that. Uh, well, Mark, that's all for working trash. And we're going to move on, though. Uh, we're still talking about early 90s movies. Uh, for next time, we have um, a ripped from the headline story, you know. You know, a tale that needs to be need, told. That's right. We need to we need to focus less on 2020 headlines. We need to look back to 1990 headlines, but also these are headlines are technically from the 70s. I want to say. Well, anyway, this one is uh, this premiered on May 4th, 1993, on CBS. And for next time, we're watching the Brian Dennehy classic, Prophet of Evil, the Ervil LeBaron story. You've been busy, Ervil. We opened up branches in Denver and Dallas, just like you ordered. Joshua here is running Denver. Eddie and I opened up Dallas a couple of months ago. Yeah, we have a house in a spot where we can do whatever we want. There's someone on guard here. Of course. Where's my brother, Verlin? I bet he's out there right now, planning an attack. Well, we haven't seen him or his followers since we left Mexico. I don't see them either until it's too late. He's out there somewhere. I'm gonna get that son of a bitch first. And blow him up like a balloon. I want him dead. Wow. That looks good. Wow. 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 Wowie. Zowie. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's gonna be good. It's gonna be a tour de force. It's you got. It's got all your favorites. It's got Ant's own Brian Dennehy. <laughs> it's got prophets. They're they're uh, of evil, of I guess. Of evil, yeah. Um, th- there's a story involved, and you know the word the. And this is it. <laughs> you put them all this together. Is that story. That's right. It's all. It's all. It. The tale needs to be told, and it was told in 1993. But that's for next time on TV Movie Night. But while you're in quarantine, why not listen to past episodes by going to soundcloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. You can email us at TV movie night podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TV movie night. You can subscribe to us and leave a review on the iTunes Apple store. You can subscribe to us on Spotify you can listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more at soundcloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. Mark, huh, is there anything else? Andrew, good talking to you as always. Uh, I'm just going to go take out some trash now uh let's see what i got in oh. here uh let's see okay i got a uh, uh several several empty whiskey bottles got that uh yeah, and, yeah. uh some uh, uh tissues that i was crying into all right got mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh and oh what's this hagen does <laughs> oh man <laughs> No, you're right. That is fine. 
Oh boy. Ah, uh, I mean that and that untreated alcoholism also is hysterical. <laughs>